is today. Today? It is Wednesday, my dude. is gonna be great <laughs> all right we are here again wednesday pastor adams devotional podcast thingy whatever you may want to call it got a big week this week uh going to my first real vacation in a while that's happening tomorrow going to west palm beach get to to be with the old blue waters swimming snorkeling relaxing I can't wait. I'm excited. Um, it's good stuff. I was able to get this this uh, podcast Devo thing in before I left, which is a, is a good thing. I was like, should I just take, I should be on vacation this week. I mean, technically it starts this week, but I was like, you know what? I go ahead and do this on the Wednesday, keep the streak going, do it for the tens of listeners that follow me. Tens. Anyways, yesterday, here's what I kind of want to talk about today. Rude people. So many rude people. Rudeness is a problem in society right now. Um, yesterday, I was recording a video for our, our big church picnic thing that's happening in downtown Monk's Corner, July 16th. And uh, as I was doing it, this guy just casually walks through my shot, sits right down on the picnic table across from me, and just is watching and i'm like how rude how rude he, he even started talking on the phone at one point and i just stopped looking at him like what are you serious he's like hmm. older guy didn't really care what was happening but i just find it rude how rude um the other night here's another example of some rudeness that i thought was funny but it was rude it was rude I'm not saying rudeness can't be funny sometimes, but it's still rude. Uh, I was uh, with the youth Sunday night. We had our new family uh, pastor come in. So before I started my message, I go, all right, everybody, this is your time to ask Pastor Eric any question that you have. He's going to answer any question. I didn't tell Pastor Eric this was happening, but it was fine. Uh, and so first kid... Raise his hand. I got a question on it. All right. First question was, how old are you? And I was like, oh, boy. And um, and Pastor Eric was like, oh, um, well, I'll give you three guesses. And right then I stepped in and went, look, you're looking to get your feelings hurt if you're giving him guesses. I mean, it's not going to go well. And he started like, okay. He goes, uh, I'll give you this. I'm under 80. And without missing a beat, student said, oh, well, there goes all my guesses. <laughs> I was like... Man, hit him right below the belt. How rude. I was like, rude. Uh, last night, uh, Lola goes on a scooter ride down the block. And uh, this is what happened in my own house. And um, Millie, our beagle basset, Millie Bobby Hound, she was whining and whining and whining at the door. Uh, and, and Lauren... My wife kept yelling, Millie, enough, shut up. You know, like she just kept going, kept going. And finally, 
I decide, for Lauren's sake, I'll take the dog for a walk. So I take, I get her all ready. Both dogs are losing their mind because anytime I go near the, the harness and stuff, they go, ah! So I put it on Millie and we head out the door and Isla just sits at the door waiting like a lunatic, chimping. That's what you're doing. <laughs> anyway, so I take uh, Millie for a walk and then when I come back, I take Isla because if I don't take Isla, I leave her out. That is rude on my behalf. So now I got to take Isla. So I take her for a walk. When I get back from Isla's walk, Lauren had left to go pick up Gianna from work. And I go sit I grab my laptop. I sit down on the couch to write my devotional for today. And uh, as I um, was typing, I look over to my right to see what the dogs are doing. And I notice that the garbage is left out open like pretty much saying, hey, take this garbage out when you get home. And I was like, are you serious? I just did all this. Well, you couldn't take the garbage out? So I was like, Ugh. So I come up, grab, I tie off the two bags, take it up to the garbage, put the garbage, the empty garbage bags in. Then I go sit back down with the laptop, start writing. Then I get a text from Lauren. Hey, can you go see if there's something that was delivered at front? It says it was delivered. I was like, <sighs> So I get up, go check. For the, um, to see if the package delivers. It wasn't. Text her. Nope. Wasn't there. Sit back down. Laptop. Then she goes, hey, can you look around for a bag? No, I'm not doing it. I'm done. I've been up and down many times. Took out the garbage, which was rude. And then she texted like, oh, sorry. You had to get up so many times. How rude. rude. And one more thing. I'm scrolling through a website yesterday that I get music news from, which is notorious for rude people in the comments, by the way, but this isn't even in the comments. So here's a headline. I'll pop it up on the screen. Josh Todd, why Buck Cherry continues to write and record new music. Now, you may look at that and think, what's so rude about that? Somebody interviewing Josh Todd had to go, Hey, quick question. Why are you continuing to write and record new music? Like, literally nobody wants to hear it. What are you doing? And I'm just like, how rude is that? How rude! To, to just ask it, hey, why do you do what you do? Because it's terrible. That's pretty much the underlying theme there. But here's the thing. Pointing out the rudeness never goes well. You can say, hey, that's pretty rude that you did that. And then what they what do they start doing? They start lashing out, making excuses. On and on, just like the text back. I'm sorry you had to get up so many times. And you're like, why? Why can't you just point out rudeness and have it accepted? You know what? You're right. That was pretty rude. I mean, that'll happen in a very slim, like the percentage is very low that that happens. But we find out because we read in Proverbs 9, 7 through 9, it says, whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they'll love you. Instruct the wise and they'll be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. So uh, it says right there, you, uh, you correct a mocker, you end up inviting insults. Yeah, I get it. It's not a great read, pretty much. You just got to deal with it and pray that the rude jerk hole... Uh, understands by the way jerk hole is a as a lola term she has lots of different she has i have a separate language for lola that she has so anyways that's where jerk hole comes from 
But um, here's something that I find amusing. Uh, remember last week we talked about the Israelites complaining and walking around for 40 years in the wilderness. Well, there's a story in, in Numbers uh, where Moses and the Israelites are feeling like they're making some progress. Hey, we're, we're getting there. Yeah, but then they have to turn around and go back into the wilderness, right? So we'll read Numbers 20, 14 through 21. Uh, it says, Moses sent messengers, Kadesh, to the king of Edom, saying, This is what your brother Israel says. You know all about the hardships that have come out of us. Our ancestors went down into Egypt, and we lived there many years. The Egyptians mistreated us and our ancestors. But we cried out to the Lord. He heard our cry, sent an angel, and brought us out of Egypt. Now we are here at Kadesh, a town on the edge of your territory. Please let us pass through your country. We will not go through any field or vineyard or drink from any well. We will travel along the king's highway and not turn to the right or to the left until we have passed through your territory. Now, that seems like a reasonable ask, don't you think? Like, hey, we're just, we just want to cut through this little part here. We're being nice. We're asking, hey, can we get through here? Um, we won't touch anything. We're going to go stay on this path. We won't even drink your water. It'll be, I promise you, it'll be good. Edom answered, though, in, in verse 18, You may not pass through here. If you try, we will march out and attack you with the sword. And so I feel like here, uh, Moses is probably, hey, yay, I know what you're saying. Remember, you know what we've been through and like the Egypt and all this stuff. We've been walking for years out here joking around, ah, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, he's like, well, let's just let it go through. So uh, here's what the Israelites replied. Um, we will go along the main road, and if we, our livestock, drink any of your water, we will pay for it. We only want to pass through on foot, nothing else. So he's like, dude, give us a break. We, even if our animals drink some water or anything, we will pay for it. Right? Verse 20, again, they answered, you may not pass through. Then Edom came out against them with large and powerful army. Since Edom refused to let them go through their territory, Israel turned away from them. So Edom was like, you think we're playing? Uh, I don't find it funny that you want to walk through our territory. Check out this army uh, and we'll put a beating on you, right? So he shows it. So at this moment, I'm sure the Israel's, Israelites were like, wow, how rude. But it's actually the Israelites that I want to, that get real nasty. So check this out. So Numbers 21, 4 through 5, it says, They traveled from Mount Or along the road to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no bread. There's no water. And we detest this miserable food. And I'm like, what? They said, we detest this miserable food. In some translations, that was the NIV, some translations say this, that says, our soul loathes this worthless bread. All I have to say is, how rude. Woo, they have some nerve, don't they? Now, what the food they're talking about is the manna from heaven. You know, the thing that has sustained them for so long and kept them, yeah, you know, alive. They were like, I'm tired. I hate the stupid wilderness. I'm hot. Moses, you're a crap navigator. Uh, all I want to do is die. We, we just want to die. We should have stayed in stupid Egypt. And oh, one more thing, God, your food sucks. That's what, and they're just ramping up their, their complaints. And now 
I can't say I don't understand where they're at because I've been there. I just had enough of whatever I was going through and everyone was going to hear about it and probably share some sort of blame. I'm not saying it's right, but I just know that I've been there. Um, so they're just like, I hate all of this and you, I hate you, 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 and you, right? That kind of thing. Like the, everybody's getting a, a mouthful from the Israelites and then they turn to God and they're like, and your food sucks. It's terrible. I don't even like this. We detest it. So God was like, oh, oh, okay. Cool, 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 cool. All right. Mm, my food sucks. All right. Uh, I got something for you tomorrow. I assure you that. So then we read Numbers 21, 6 through 7. It says, Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. So what we read here, God's not playing around. And I noticed uh, that Moses didn't intervene and call them on any of their complaints, probably because of that proverb that we just read earlier. It probably was a, a matter of if he had said something like, hey, hey guys, you know, complaining a lot and all that, he was going to open himself up to more verbal abuse because they weren't trying to hear Moses at that time. But God, being just and merciful and the God that he is, and seeing these people did humble themselves and say that they did sin against the Lord and against Moses, he gave them a way out. So, Numbers 28 through 9, it said, The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who's bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a brown snake and put it on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the brown snake, they lived. Now, I love this story. And the main reason is that, that I love it so much. I, I try to envision these things, but I have like a little humorous twist that I, I always think, and I don't mean to, it just happens, whatever. Uh, but the Israelites humbled themselves and asked Moses to pray to the Lord to take the snakes away. Get these snakes out of here. But God said, nah, I'm going to give you uh, something to help you live, but I ain't taking the snakes away. So the snakes were still there to bite the crap out of them every day. Moses was like, I got good news and bad. And they're like, what's the good news? Good news, I spoke to the Lord, and he is going to save us. And they're like, yes! Mm. Uh, if anyone is bitten by a snake, simply look at this bronze snake I crafted on this pole, and you will live. And they're like, woo, that's awesome. And they're like, but what's the bad news? He said, the bad news, snakes aren't going anywhere. So, yeah, we got to deal with them. But I do imagine Moses waking up. Uh, from his stepping out of his whatever they use like a tent I guess back then some sort of crafted shelter whatever anyway he gets up steps out of his tent and bang he gets bit on the ankle by a snake he's like oh stupid snake looks at the bronze serpent and you know lives and he probably side eyes all of his brothers and sisters and and he's like hey Thanks. Thanks, guys. Love these snakes. Good stuff. Hey, how's that manna tasting now? Is it pretty good? Is it really hitting the spot now? Yeah, I thought so. But I like that God left him a little reminder. Like, hey, remember that time you were a real, real jerk hole and you were rude as could be? Said my food was terrible. How, you know, you wish you'd have died in Egypt and you'd, all that stuff. He's like, I got I, I want this little reminder every time you get bit. Now I just imagine them get bit constantly, like ah, looking up at the snake, Ooh, the the brown snake. 
So I kind of like that about it because I've always thought this is going to get kind of dark, but I always thought that if, uh, if something happened to one of my daughters, like a rape or something like that, that I would find that person. What I would want to do, I wouldn't want to kill them. I'm not, I'm not in the killing business. But I'd want to injure them so badly that they like had a limp the rest of their life. So every time that they limped, they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's that one time that I did that thing. It's not right. I know that. You got to pray. But that's kind of what I was like. And God was like, hey, I'm going to have these snakes bite you. You're going to get bit. You're going to remember. Um, so, yeah, that's that's good stuff. And uh, it's really cool to see the, the symbolism between the brown snake on the pole and Jesus on the cross both save your lives. You have to you have to look at the cross. You have to look at the brown snake for the Israelites. You have to look at the cross. Jesus, um, not something you could touch or do. We just had to come to accept it. It's pretty cool symbolism stuff, you know. Good stuff in that old Bible. The scripture, spot on. Gives you good, good things to learn. Grow closer. Hopefully, since my last week, my listeners have been in the Bible, reading God's word, gaining more knowledge, growing closer, because that was my hope and prayer for this summer, that you do that while small group is out. Um, so continue doing that. Uh, I'm looking forward to my good rest and relaxation on the beach at West Palm Beach. I hope you guys have a great week here doing whatever you're doing. And I guess I will see you next time.